We start now with an update on our local elections from Tuesday. Orange County Elections Director Rachel Raper says the County Board of Elections is set to meet a week from today on November 16th. They'll consider provisional ballots and any remaining absentee ballots. They intend to finalize the results on Friday, November 17th. This is particularly relevant given that the fourth town council seat has Elizabeth Sharp leading Renuka Soul by just 16 votes. We expect to hear of any possible recounts requested shortly after the final ballots have been considered. While much of the attention in Orange County on Tuesday night was trained on the Chapel Hill and Carborough elections, Hillsborough also had a contested race for its town board of commissioners, and that resulted in a first-time candidate joining the elected body. Here's 97.9 The Hills' Brighton McConnell with more. I've always been helping other candidates, but being on the other side is its a whole new experience, and I loved it. Megan Darab, who is a former manufacturing engineer and a Hillsborough resident for the last decade, earned the most votes in Hillsborough's town board election. She received 29.3%, 12 more votes than incumbent Matt Hughes, who was re-elected alongside Evelyn Lloyd in the second and third commissioner seats. Victoria Masika, a public educator, finished in fourth with a difference of about 250 votes. As a newcomer to elected office, Darab says she's been working to familiarize herself with the town board and its procedures during her campaign. But her most eye-opening learning experience, she says, was connecting with community members in neighborhoods and areas in Hillsborough she didn't previously interact with much. I mean, I think that was probably the biggest thing is just getting in touch with other community members that I might not have and not knowing about, well, we always have this concern in our area. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, I did not know that, but I'm glad I do now. Lloyd is on the other end of the spectrum from the first-time commissioner, Darab. The longtime resident and owner of Lloyd's Pharmacy, Tuesday's election will be her ninth term on the Board of Commissioners and will begin her 33rd year of service with the town. Matt Hughes is the winning candidate who splits the difference between the other two in experience. Having first been elected to the board on a partial term in 2018, he says he thinks he's grown as a public official in how he prioritizes town issues and cooperates with his peers. I think I definitely have learned how to be more patient, how to be more consistent in how I approach issues or how I approach ideas uh, with my fellow board members and with our staff. Hughes points to several long-term projects Hillsborough is embarking on that will outlast his upcoming term, like the implementation of the town's new comprehensive sustainability plan and constructing a new train station, as examples of keeping an eye on the big picture. Energized by this year's high turnout for Hillsborough's municipal races, he says he plans to use his status on the board to help engage residents on such projects. It's really just having the perspective that in a town that's been around since the 1750s that things just move a different way, but we definitely punch above our weight in terms of what Hillsborough is able to accomplish. Mark Bell shares similar feelings about his two-year term for mayor as he ran unopposed for the position and will shift roles after eight years as a town commissioner. Bell said one of his biggest priorities is staying true to Hillsborough's climate pledge passed a few years ago to be 100% carbon neutral by 2050. That means, according to Bell, hitting an 80% benchmark by 2030. 2030 is right around the corner. That gives us only six years to reach that. So I really do think the next two years are going to have to be focused on how do we get to that point and how much does that cost us in terms of capital expenditures and do we have to take on new debt to accomplish some of these tasks. 
Bell says despite having no opponents, the support shared by the Hillsborough community during his campaign was thrilling and rewarding. He acknowledges, though, that his transition comes as two other new mayors are also taking up the reins. Bell says he looks forward to working with Jess Anderson in Chapel Hill and Barbara Fushi in Carborough as mayors to continue their partnership in helping Orange County achieve all of its goals. Hillsborough thinks of itself in terms of a regional presence, and so we need to have and continue to have good relationships with Chapel Carborough and Orange County itself. So congratulations to all the elected officials who won in those races, and we look forward to working with you in the future. Bell, Darab, Hughes, and Lloyd will be sworn in for their new terms during the Hillsborough Board of Commissioners meeting on Monday, December 11th. You can find additional results and recaps of Tuesday's local election cycle by visiting chapelboro.com. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Thank you, Brighton. Over to campus now, where UNC Chancellor Kevin Guskowitz has released a letter to the campus community, and that letter calls for peaceful dialogues. It starts as violence in Gaza from Israel's response to Palestinian terrorist group carried into another month. UNC, um, UNC excuse me, the letter starts... We have a commitment to allow both internal and external groups to express their opinions under the First Amendment, even views some find repugnant. We are also committed to institutional neutrality on political matters, but we cannot remain neutral about behaviors that are corrosive to the campus climate or threaten members of our community. Our students, faculty, and staff contribute to a long tradition of vigorous debate and public engagement on our campus where they enjoy a culture of lively exchange of ideas that contribute to better knowledge. You can find the full contents of that message by visiting the news article on chapelboro.com. Again, that was Chancellor Kevin Guskowitz from UNC responding to um, recent dialogues on campus that uh, do not promote peace and civility the way the university would like. Again, you can find the full contents of that and some analysis on chapelboro.com. Turning to some more celebratory news now. Ceremony happened earlier today in which six North Carolinians received the state's highest honor, the North Carolina Award. That award's been given out annually since 1961 to recognize individuals who make significant contributions to the state in fine arts, literature, science, and public service. And this year, two folks from the Chapel Hill area were receiving the award. Former Congressman David Price and sculptor Patrick Doherty. Doherty recently stopped by our studios at 97.9 The Hill to discuss his work and what getting that award means to him. Uh, the ceremony is a, is a dinner, and the governor puts a, a medal around your neck, which I'm just completely thrilled with. Um, there are five or six recipients this year from different walks of North Carolina life. You know, they're celebrating you as a, as a North Carolinian who's uh, contributed uh, profoundly in some way to the life of North Carolina. And of course, I have to thank all the institutions that have sponsored me over the years and also all the, we always use volunteers in helping, whether it's at Duke Gardens or somewhere. And, uh, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of North Carolinians have, have hove to and helped me build these things. I tell you, I am thrilled. Uh, it's been a while since a visual artist has received the award, and so. It's great. If people wanted to check out what I do, they could look at stickwork.net on the web and uh, see my work. 
North Carolina sculptor Patrick Doherty speaking there. You can find the full conversation in the News on the Hill section of Chapelboro.com. Finally, we've got some restaurant news now. Diners in Pittsburgh have a new breakfast and lunch option. West End Kitchen officially opened yesterday morning in the building that used to house Angelina's Kitchen. You can learn more and see pictures by visiting the news article on Chapelboro.com. Time now to talk sports, and we'll start the sports conversation this afternoon by talking by an, talking about an absolutely dominant win for the women's basketball team. They got their season started in style, winning 102 to 49 against Gardner Webb, and it was uh, as dominant as it sounds. Nine Tar Heels played 10 minutes or more. Six had double figures, had two double doubles. Sophomore transfer India Navarre, 17 and 11. Alyssa Usby had 12 and 12, plus six assists. So she was looking like as complete of a player as you can get. And then here's head coach Courtney Banghart after the game. I've been saying this is a team, right? This is a true team that's got good pieces and a lot of good depth. And, and it allows us to be better when you can play multiple guys for, for over 15 minutes a game. Um, and we clearly can do that. So I thought that the first group and the, the second group and the third group, there is no really such thing on this team. It's, it's all group. Um, and we showed that. Head coach Horton, Courtney Banghart speaking there after that emphatic win to open up the season. Next up will be Davidson. They'll be hosting Davidson Sunday at Carmichael Arena, going for win number two. Tar Heel men's soccer team had an outstanding performance last night. They beat Syracuse 3-1 in New York. That not only avenged a loss from October, it got them into the conference final. And for one more cherry on top, it was the 800th win in program history. So congratulations to the soccer team. Entered the tournament as a seven seed. And then they uh, dispatched two seeds that were favored to win on their way to this final. They'll face Clemson in the final. They really handled Louisville 5-1 to one in the other semifinal matchup. And they'll play for the championship on Sunday. Kickoff is at noon, and that one's in Cary, so you can make your way over to that one if you can. Also learned that three Tar Heels earned all-conference honors. Quincy Heerman made the first team, Riley Thomas made the second, and Sam Williams on the third team. We are continuing to gear up for a UNC football game this weekend. It's not just any football game. It is Victory Bell weekend. They'll be playing Duke, and believe it or not, Duke is one of the toughest tests that the Carolina offense is going to see this year. Under head coach Mike Elko, the Blue Devils rank first in the ACC and ninth nationally in points allowed. They're only letting teams score about 16 a game, and here come the Tar Heels. They haven't scored fewer than 27 in any game this year. Here's what UNC offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey said about the challenges posed by Duke's defense. They're very well coached, first of all. They play extremely hard. And, and you know, their front is very experienced. If you go look at the starts and the number of starts those guys have, it, it's unbelievable. It's off the charts. How I many games those guys have played. Uh, they've added a few transfers here and there as well. But, you know, they're very sound in what they do. Uh, seems like they're always in the right place. They're very well coached and they compete. And, you know, he's a defensive head coach and you can see that. You can see that all over his defense. And I've been extremely impressed with what I've seen on film. And it, it's a huge challenge for us. And I said that last week. I said, you know, this last end of the season, we got all these games stacked and, and you're going to see some really good defenses. So we're going to be tested and, and uh, we got to answer the bell. UNC Offensive Coordinator Chip Lindsey speaking there before Carolina's game with Duke this weekend. For more coverage of Carolina football, go to the sports page at chapelboro.com.